The words of the Bible give me courage. I long to know my God even more because I know that I represent Him as a daughter in this world. I am currently reading my Bible with two simple questions. What does this sentence say about God? And what does this sentence say about my responsibility as his daughter? I then underline words that show how he is and what he has done, and words that positively challenge me. Words that touch me in a special way, I draw or write into my Bible, which helps me a lot to keep them in my memory longer. The truth of God shaped my life. I take them into my everyday life. And when challenges are coming, I remember I can trust in this God. He who loves me endlessly and lives in me. That gives me courage. Come on, church. It's amazing, Les. Well, you know, for those people you brand new in our church, Katie, she's, uh, I think, in our church from the beginning. She be, really belongs to our church. I will often say she's like the DNA of our church. For all the people you knew, new is always good, but being the DNA is good too. Good too. Hello, Corey. He's from America, from Denver. America. Beautiful place, actually. But um, you cannot compare to Valiselen. Just kidding, you know. Hey, thanks, uh, church, for, for uh, praying for me last uh, weekend uh, for, for all my preaching, uh, traveling, everything. Uh, really, I will talk a little bit later in my, in my message what happened in Qatar. Uh, but I'm really thankful for your prayers. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm still, I'm not feeling fit. Uh, but I think uh, because if you're going to a nation and you're uh, gaining land, winning people for Christ, the devil is never quiet. And my weakness in my body, it's, it's not my faith. It's, it's my, my voice, and often I, I struggle with my voice, but that's a small problem. If I am weak, God is strong in me. And this is always uh, an amazing good news. Um, we started some weeks ago uh, a series about the Word, actually about the Bible. And the title is, How Can You Understand God's Word Much Better? And we have to understand, for us it's very simple. We are able to read the Bible either with paper or with the smartphone or iPhone, whatever, or on your computer, but in the 15th century, can imagine the priests were, were reading the Bible in the Latin language. And people could not understand anything. They will say, will say, oh my gosh, the priests, they are so smart. They know much more than we do. And people could not understand anything. And then Martin Luther came and said, that's not okay. I think the Word of God, everyone should be able to read the Word of God. And he translated the Bible into the German language. And he wrote actually history. And you and I, we are able now to read the Bible because Martin Luther changed the whole game. But he had a second problem because in his day, even though he wrote the Bible and he printed the Bible, all the people, they could not read. And they could not, uh, they could not read. And he said, okay, how can I translate the Bible in a certain way that even people that are not able to read the Bible, if they hear it once, they will never forget it. And he wrote the, the Luther Bible in a German language like, like a song, like a rhythm. When you were like out in the field, we were sowing seed. So sehr hat Gott die Welt geliebt. John 3, 16. It's like a song. It's like a rhyme, you know. And he was very smart that people were never able uh, uh, to forget the Bible verses in German. Mark Twain, a close friend of mine, 
We went together to school. There's always my running gag. Everyone, I know everyone actually. He said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bothers me. It is the part that I do understand. Is this right? Is anyone say, oh, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I'm, I'm not shocked about those things. I don't, I don't get it. But those things I understand. And I think one of the reasons Jesus always told stories in the Bible, stories. People could approach Jesus and they ask Jesus a question. And usually when you are in Germany and you ask a German person a question, you get, boom, a straight answer. Doom in your face, right? It's a German culture of asking question you get the um, answer back but in those days of Jesus when you they ask Jesus a deep question and Jesus said oh that's a very good question oh I want to tell you a story and he told a story about the sheep a lost coin the prodigal son sowing and reaping the widow uh, about many many stories and one day the uh, disciples said Jesus I have a question People asking you a question and you're always telling a story. And even the story is not clear what is the point. Why are you doing what you're doing? And then he said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 13 and to 16, and I, I, I want to show you how Jesus did Bible Kung Fu. He, he, he flipped, he, he, went, he said something, for us it's like the New Testament, but he quoted in one Bible verse, four different Bible verses out of the Old Testament. And this is the graphic about the Old and the New Testament. There's 63,000 links in the Bible from the Old to the New Testament. If you're here and you say, I don't need the Old Testament anymore, you have a 63,000 link issue. And Jesus was like, Bible confused. And I want to start, he said, for, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen and or understand. It's, it is, uh, fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. And when you see what I do, you will not compromise. And he quoted in one moment Isaiah chapter 43. And all the Jewish people, they say, oh my gosh, now he's going, he's going now to Isaiah. We know that part. And then the next verse, he says, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. He jumps into Ezekiel chapter 36 from Isaiah, ping pong, ping pong to Ezekiel. And it goes on. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear. Their hearts cannot understand. And now the next verse, he goes into Psalm 103. He says, and they cannot turn to me. They cannot confess the sin and let me heal them. Psalm 103. We read this as a story, but Jesus goes from Bible verse to Bible verse, from Bible verse to Bible, like Bible verse, Kung Fu, and then he goes back for the very first time into a conversation that took place right now. And he says to the disciples, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. You are happy. So different. And Jesus always told stories, parables, went from Bible verse to Bible verse to say one thing. If you try 
to understand the Bible. With your human eyes, with your human understanding, you are lost. The Bible is a spiritual book written by the Holy Spirit to a spirit. We are spirit human being. And if you don't see the Bible, if your spirit eyes, you see but you don't see. You hear but you don't get it. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, you have spiritual eyes. That's why you are able to see and to hear it. I don't know how you see Jesus, but I want to show you one Bible verse and maybe you see Jesus in so many different situations. And here is a story. Maybe your Jesus is the body Jesus. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Yeah. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up, boys? How you doing? What a great day. Woo! Buddy on! So he made a whip out of courts and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. Whoa! He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Hey guys, sorry. <laughs> To those who sold the doves, he said, Guys, get us out of here. Don't turn my father's house into a market. But maybe your Jesus is more the dictator Jesus. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money scum so he made a whip out of courts and drove all from the temple courts both sheep and cattle Sha! 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 he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tape. To those who sold the doves, he said, Get us out of here. Don't turn my father's house into a market. But maybe your Jesus is more of the hero kind of Jesus. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of courts and drove all from Did the temple courts. the seventh commandment? Both sheep and cattle. <laughs> scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. 
And to those who sold the doves, he said, Get us out of here. Don't turn my father's house into a market. So one story, and you can see your, the story in a different uh, view. Maybe you're growing up in a different background, the, the place where you grew up and the way you see it. It's the same Bible text, but maybe three different stories. I want to go into an amazing story where I had no clue for many years why Jesus did that in a very, very Jesus-like style. But I think um, it was a little bit edgy what Jesus did. There was like a time when he, he, he multiplied some bread and then the Pharisee said, Jesus, if you're really the son of God, then do a miracle again. Then he said to them in Mark chapter 8, verse 18 and 21, straight to the Pharisees, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? He said to them, do you still not understand? And he was saying, you see and you don't see and you hear and you don't hear. And often I, own, I, I have the same problem in my life. Sometimes my wife, she's doing the cleaning and she, clo uh, does the, she cleans the clothes and then she puts in the cupboard. And then she, uh, I said, honey, uh, where is the black t-shirt? Oh, it's in the cupboard. And I go straight to the cupboard and I'm going down from top down and I look very carefully, I look very carefully, and, and I cannot find the black t-shirt. Is there anyone you can relate what I'm talking about? And I know it's there, but I cannot see it. And I know if I ask my wife, she will say, oh, it's you again. And then I'm going from, from down, and I check every t-shirt. Oh, it's white and not black. Oh, this is green and, and not black. This is white, and then the jeans and everything. And when I'm on the top, it's not there. I say, honey, can you do me a favor? Where is the black t-shirt? And she appears, opens the cupboard, boom, here. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, sometimes I see, but I cannot see. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Sometimes you see and you cannot see, you hear, you don't hear. What is the, the stage? One day Jesus, they brought a, a blind guy to Jesus. He was blind from the birth. Jesus healed him in a very, very special way. He spit. <laughs> spit on the ground. And he made a very special sauce with the soil. And he took the soil and the spit, everything. And then boom on the, uh, the eyes. And he asked him, do you want to see? I have a question. This is very special. If my kids will spit on the ground and say, what's, what's wrong with you? You're living in Switzerland. Can you imagine Jesus will walk in, in Singapore and he spit on the ground in Singapore? He will be straight in jail. It doesn't need Judas, right? It's just against the law. And Jesus is telling there a very story. I don't know how the Asians, they, they preach about it. But he spit on the ground. Can you imagine? I will say, if you're sick, please come to the front. And I spit on the ground and I'll put the spit on your eyes. You will say, Pastor Leo, is there not another way? I say, oh, no, it's, it's, it's the Jesus style, you know, it's the way how we do it. 
And this is a very crazy story. I, I read it for many years. I said, Jesus, I don't get it. Why are you spit on the ground? Why are you creating a very special sauce? And it's Mark, in Mark 8, verse 23 to 25. He looked to the blind man and they hand and led him outside of the village. He took his hand because he was blind. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hand on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Jesus, he's amazing. Guy can see trees and trees and trees and trees all over trees. This happens when you smoke a pot, then you see people like tree, right? I said, Jesus, what's going on? I said, I can see trees. And Jesus, oh, it's, uh, okay. Once more, Jesus put his hand on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. So a lot of people will uh, argue and say, oh, look, uh, Pastor Leo, if Jesus was not able to heal the sick people in once, he had to pray twice. That's why we have to pray over and over and over and over again for the sick people. The second question could be, the spit of Jesus was not strong enough or not anointed enough. I don't know what uh, explanation you will find here. But I want to give you an explanation why Jesus healed twice. For those people who have been around the last couple of um, Sundays, I preached about the symbolic things in the Bible. Trees is a symbolic picture in the Bible. If you Google trees, it's a symbolic picture for the spiritual human being. What Jesus did, he opened his spiritual eyes. The third thing, when we got saved, the Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes. And then our natural eyes. Always first comes the spiritual eyes and then our natural eyes. That's why Jesus was teaching the people of God, we have to be healed spiritual and then our normal eyes. Because what we, can, what we see it's often not what it is. The kingdom of God, you can only understand the kingdom of God with the spiritual eyes. All the principles in the Bible, if you don't connect with the spirit, they doesn't make sense at all. But with the spiritual eyes, all of a sudden, it gives a bigger understanding. I want to give you some pictures. Maybe sometimes you can find it in a, in a magazine, illusions, you know. What you see is not what it is. This is an illusion, right? In the next picture about animals, what you see is not what it is. It's an illusion, right? Then in the next picture, what you see is not what it is. It's an illusion. And then in the next picture, what you see is not what it is. It's an illusion. And Jesus is saying to the people of God, what you see on earth, while sometimes what you see in the church is an illusion, is not what it is. Jesus often sees with the spiritual eyes further beyond because the kingdom of God has different principles, kingdom-minded principles. And I have only one point in the message. I think this might be for the very first time, I have only one point. Are you ready? That one point is so deep. God, open my spiritual eyes. God, open my spiritual eyes. If we don't have spiritual eyes, we will not understand this spiritual book. Because Elisha once was uh, on, on a road and hears that the king from Syria is uh, approaching him. And his servant said, Elisha, we have a problem. He comes with a big army. 
and I can see with my normal eyes the army. And it's only a matter of minutes and we are so dead. And then Elisha said, and he prayed, Father God, open my servant his spiritual eyes that he is able to see in the spiritual realm. And all of a sudden the servant could see in the unseen world. And he saw in the unseen world all the angels with, with horses and fire and everything. And God was saying, you are surrounded with more people that will fight for you than what you can see with your normal eyes. What you see is often illusion. It's not reality. I'll tell you a story to combine the whole message together, make it very practical and simple. I was invited in 2014 to Dubai. I preached for the very first time in Dubai. I was invited. And this was one of the messages. I flew home and I said to God, I don't get it. I haven't felt anything. And I wasn't sure if my English was good enough that people were even able to understand my message. I had like a doubt, you know, have you ever done something for God and you doubted because the results were not impressive? People say, how was Dubai? Uh, yeah, it's still there. And a year later, I was invited again to Qatar. And a guy said, just go to Qatar. I don't know those people, just go. And I flew into Qatar uh, in the year 2015 and I preached there. There was a lot of people from, from India, Sri Lanka, Philippines, from China, from all over the world. And I preached there and I felt the whole atmosphere was a little bit stiff. And I flew home and people asked me, how was it? I said, I don't know. Uh, Qatar is still there, but I, I, I haven't seen any result. And with my natural eyes, I was very disappointed. I mean, I, I know it's never, it's, God can always do bigger things than you can imagine or dream. But I could not see with my natural eyes some results. This year I was invited back. And then... Um, I want to show you a picture the first time when I was there. 2015, I preached for 800 people. But this year, can you see the stadium? An opener stadium with more than 8,000 people. And then the guy who invited me said, Pastor Leo, I want to tell you a story. And you have to understand, in Qatar, they have built a wall. And in this wall, are, you are allowed to have church services, only in that walls. As only Christians are allowed, on the Christians, to have a Christian service. It means you are like in a safe zone, away from the public people. This is Qatar. And he said, when I came in the year 2014, a guy called me and said, Do you have to fly out to Dubai. There's an amazing guy, Pastor Leo, he is different. And when I was preaching about the eagle, have you ever heard my message about the eagle? When the eagle mom pushes the small eagle to fly. He says, A or B. A means you jump out by yourself and you start to fly. If not, B, I kick you out. And he was there and he had the Holy Spirit moment. And the God was saying to him, if you're not going back to Qatar and you start doing the first public event that has ever happened in Dubai, that's your calling. And that guy, his grandfather, came from India to Qatar and he preached the word of God in the Islamic world outside public. He was put to jail and they kicked him out back to India. And he says, since ever then, all the churches, they are quiet. We have celebrations in that building and we are not allowed to have a public celebration where we mention and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We are not even able to open a Bible in public and read out of the Bible. And then he said to me, Rio, that 800 people 
has been the very first event has ever happened in the history in Qatar. We rented a public building and you have been the very first preacher around the world has ever done a public speech. <laughs> and I said, really? He said, yeah, there were so many people there from the government and you, that's why we were, have been stiff. We had no clue if they put us into jail. And I was happy that I was not in the jail in Qatar. And he said, now these 8,000 people, this is your results. God used you with your, with your amazing English. Simple message, A or B. And with the A or B, God has used you to change Qatar. 8,000 people for the very first time in history. Think about it. We were holding the Bible in our hands. We were open the Bibles public, what never happened before. And we read out of the word of God in a Muslim nation. And that moment when I stood in front of the 8,000 people, you know what happened? I was really shocked about, about me. I was switching between have spiritual eyes and then are falling to the trap of the natural eyes. If I look with the natural eyes, I don't understand what God is doing. And then God quoted me, uh, show, uh, showed me a Bible verse when I was in Qatar, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It's not a new Bible verse. It was, has been in the Bible for many, many years. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bound and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sowers and the bread for the eaters. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. I will not return to me empty. The word of God, the Bible spread, wherever you spread the word of God will not come back empty. The word of God is like a seed. If I sow a seed in season in my family, over my own personal life, it will not come back empty. This is a spiritual position with the human eyes to see where is the harvest. I want to show you a very simple illustration. When you plant a seed, you know what happens? Nothing. The seed is in the ground. How many times, or maybe for how many years, you have prayed already for your mom, for your dad, for your brothers, for your sisters, for your neighbor, that they have a breakthrough and they be born again. And in maybe for 10 years, 15 years, you're praying so hard, you're believing, you're fasting, you're doing everything, but you haven't seen the harvest, the fruit, Maybe you've given 10% of your income to the church and you haven't seen a breakthrough, a permission, a promotion. You have seen nothing. But with the spiritual eyes, you say, it's only a matter of time. The harvest cannot be stopped, not to a devil, not to my own. I will not look with my normal eyes. I look at it with my spiritual eyes and the harvest is already in the ground. Can you see it? You see and you don't see. You hear and you don't hear. This is what Jesus is talking to. You see and you don't see. You hear and you don't hear. You have to understand the kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. If you wait, check the next uh, slide. When you see the fruit and the harvest, then we start to believe. But Jesus said, that, that's not the process. When the seeds are in the ground, that's the moment you have to understand spiritual my mother 
My mom, she prayed for 22 years. I'm, I'm, I'm out of a family of five kids. My mother, she prayed 22 years every single day that one of our son will become a priest, a pastor. For 22 years, my mom was praying every single day and she could not see the harvest. She could not see the growth. But she knew the prayer is like soil in the ground. It's only a matter of time and God will answer my prayer. She never quit. She has never given up. And I teach right now to some people in this building, you've prayed for 20 years, you've prayed for 15 years, for 10 years, and you haven't seen nothing. And then we get frustrated with our normal eyes and we will say, oh, sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes God blesses us and sometimes God is on a vacation. Sometimes you have a breakthrough and sometimes it breaks you. You understand what I'm talking about? The seed is in the ground, it's only a matter of time. Here's an amazing quote. God's promises don't have an expiration date. Never, never. God never comes too late. And I think right now, and even I talk to myself, you have to see the kingdom of God with spiritual eyes. It's a spiritual book written for spiritual people with spiritual principle. Look, sometimes people, they're coming up to me and say, Pastor Lee, I don't understand why we should give 10% into the church. Why 10%? I say, you're talking with your human eyes. If you see it spiritually, you understand sowing and reaping, you will say, why only 10%? Because the Bible is clear, if you give, you have a return of multiplication of 30, 60, and 100 times. I haven't seen a person who has not given, there's a 30, 60, and 100 times of multiplication. That means I can be glad and happy with the spiritual eyes. I see the promotion, I see the blessing, I see the fruit, because the seed, it's sowing, and it's in the ground. You see, but you don't see and you hear, and you don't hear. I want to close with Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It's the same thing. Sometimes there's one word in the Bible. If you understand the spiritual meaning, it changes your life. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. How many times I've heard that word. Then you will be prospered and successful. And a lot of people, they think, ah, Jesus is into the prosperity gospel. More money, more houses, more dogs, more cats, more birds. She's just the more stuff, right? But if you Google those words in the really Hebrew meaning, the word prosperous and successful means two things. Can I ask the guy with, um, come on the stage with the rucksack, the bag? Yeah, so run. You're from St. Gallen, they run. So, the word prosperous and successful has an amazing meaning. Now please listen to me. Spiritual and natural, you will see it differently. That means Prosperous means God is on your journey. And on your journey, God gives us some gifts and abilities and maybe certain situations. And we carry the weight of God on our back, right? Successful, prosperous has a two meaning means. Oh, I see you are tired, weary. I want to help you to be prosperous. And I help you 
to carry that load a little bit and let's walk together this amazing journey. Can you feel you're successful right now? You not walk alone. <laughs> you understand? You say, Pastor, really? It's not more money? Forget the money. The second meaning means, oh, God has given you like a job, some abilities, qualities, and you look very fatigued, very tired. And I think you're not able to make it anymore. And then the Father God, the coach, who says, you will be prosperous and successful, means, okay, I tried to help you. It didn't work. Come, I take it. I take it for you. So I take it for you. And now you want to be successful and you, you want to prosper. And now, can you feel it? It's so different. And let's walk together, hand in hand, we stand. Thank you so much. This is the meaning, dear friends, about being prosperous and successful. And with the spiritual eyes, it's not always promotion, more money, healing, whatever. Sometimes God is saying to the people of God, with your human eyes, you don't see results. But with the spiritual eyes, you are successful. Because those moments, the load is so heavy. God himself carries your load and you walk together on your journey and you make some progress. God is pushing you forward and you're making progress along your journey. That's why you are prospering your whole simple life. Sorry for those people I crashed your prosperity gospel. You can keep it, but I like this much more. Because it means I never walk alone. Can we stand for a moment, church? Jesus prayed for the spiritual eyes. God made them open. Can you close your eyes for a moment? And I think this message is quite simple, but it's still key. If you try to understand the kingdom principle, the word of God, the Bible, with our human sight, you will be trapped you will not understand it. It will lead you in the wrong path. But if God heals our spiritual eyes, we are able to see how God sees, to understand how God thinks. And Elijah prayed for his servant, God may open his spiritual eyes. And if you want, you can take your two hands and you can lay your hands on your eyes. And maybe you need a miracle. You don't see clear anymore. Maybe you lost the vision. You don't understand why God is doing what he's doing. But Elijah prayed. And Jesus spit on the ground. And with his spit, he healed that eye spiritual. Father God, here we are. And I have to be honest, so often I try to see things with my natural eyes. I want to ask you a question. Can you heal my eyes so I may see spiritual, that I understand why you're doing what you're doing? Heal me. Give me a godly, spirit-filled vision. Take my spiritual blindness away. I am blind, but I want to see. 
Now Jesus said in the book of Revelation, God wrote to seven churches and this one church, that that church was growing and flourishing, blooming and booming and growing. But then Jesus was saying to that church, you have everything, but one thing you lost, you don't see anymore. You lost the spiritual vision. He said, buy some medicine from me and put this medicine on your eyes and you will see clearly what the kingdom of God is all about. Maybe you are in a relationship, maybe you have a family, you are in a certain job or maybe in a certain position and you don't see it anymore. You have been faithful for many, many years. You believing according to the word of God, but you don't see any fruit. You don't see any breakthroughs. You don't see any miracles. Holy Spirit, heal my spiritual eyes. I want to see. God just reminded me about the story this morning. Was a guy here for the very first time in our church. He's not a believer. He came to the front and said, I'm here. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Bible. But that moment when I laid my hands on my eyes, I had a vision. I could see my whole entire life. And God was revealing me His purpose and plans. And He handed over His life to Jesus. And maybe you're here right now and you have never given your life to Christ or you're backstabbing Christian or you're doubting and you're struggling in certain areas. Wherever you are, I want to encourage you, invite Jesus right now in your life. You can say, here Jesus, here am I. Forgive me all my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. Clean me and heal me. Lead me and guide me. I want to be yours forever. Church, I just want to be in that presence of God for a moment. I cannot give you a vision. I cannot heal you. I cannot open your spiritual eyes. But God will. And let's stand for a moment just in that presence of God. Maybe God gives you a vision. Maybe God opens your eyes and all of a sudden you understand along your journey God is carrying your weight. He's never leaving you or forsaking you. He's with you. And He knows the weight you are able to carry. And God has never put you more on your back than you're able to carry. He knows the load. He knows the limit. But He's with us, successful. We're prosperous. Just stand in that presence of God for a moment.
You know, in the last 10 days, I really I didn't felt so well. So many people prayed for a fast recover healing. But I preached every evening with a coat and fever. And I said, God, where is your healing power? And he really taught me that lesson. Leo, you will be prosperous. I will carry your load. When you are weak, I am strong. And I've never left you, not either in, not in Qatar, not in Poland, Warsaw, not in Zurich, not even the next week. And I helped you along your journey. Can you see it? Are you able to see it? And I judged my situation with my human being, natural eyes. But God said to me, you have to see it with your spiritual eyes. You are prospering because I carry you. I supporting you. I've never left you. The mystery of Christ, when you are weak, He is strong in us. Open my eyes that I'm able to see the angels they're fighting with me and for me.